And I didn't know how much I liked working on, like, I knew I liked doing team stuff, but I, you know, I liked being on a team. I liked the idea that you didn't have to have something fully flushed out that you could, like, pitch an idea and if people thought it was funny, they would just keep pitching and it would be like, how can we make this dumb thing as funny and as dumb yes. as possible and I was like this is the world I want to live in yeah. where everything is dumb and stupid and funny <laughs> from any winner to open mic we both the guests that we really like releases on women crush Wednesdays on every platform that podcast plays the comedy everyone. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban. And our guest today is the incredible Erin Bounds. But before that, oh my gosh, it's been like a month. Ugh. I know. These uh, sporadic interviews are, it's not enough time. I don't see you enough. I know. It's a shame. But uh, very exciting stuff for our listeners and for us, um, mostly for <laughs> mostly for us. We're going to be doing more episodes, of course. But we're switching the format a little bit. And in the sense of we're still going to have two co-hosts here. But Kate, uh, why don't you talk about your, your decision to... <laughs> um, to step down as a co-host and then switch over to producing. Yeah. Solely producing. Yeah. It's something I think that we had talked about for a little while, like as a co-host, I'd love having this platform and I'd love to pass it on to someone to sit else to sit in this chair and co-host <laughs> with you. Yes. I love producing. I signed on initially as a producer and I like... You're, you're a great producer. I really like it. I really like being behind the scenes. I think it's like one of those things where as you get more experience doing creative things, you learn what you like more yeah. and what you just think you're supposed to like. And I do like being in front of the camera because I'm an egomaniac. We all are. It feels good to get attention. But I think the place where I feel the most relaxed and at home is when I'm like, the person sort of making the thing behind the scenes. And so I think this moving into that role in this podcast is just a part of me seeing myself more in that world in general. Yeah. Yeah. That Which was awesome. It was like a long time coming. Like over pandemic, I told Lauren at some point when I was still submitting myself and like doing self tapes, I was like, I don't even like acting, bro. What am I doing? It's <laughs> 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 not what I moved here to do. I moved here to do comp like stand up, which is not acting. They're very different things. So I don't know. It's been a very it's a journey. I'm just happy to be on the journey. But yeah, to stepping back from co-hosting and we will have a new co-host with who I'm so uh, fucking excited so for. So excited. Um, she was just on the podcast. You know her. You love her. Coop, Coop Foster. Foster. <laughs> uh, so she'll be joining us. I'm really excited because I'm going to be moving into a live producer mode also. Yes. So we will be live streaming this on Twitch. We're going to be live streaming direct to direct to twitch and then reposting our recordings on youtube and then the audio will always come out wherever you podcast. wherever you podcast uh, yeah. probably the day after so that's going to be our new format we'll have a comedy girl crush twitch account set up in like two weeks we're going to be live streaming yes so. how's things been uh th things been good yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah nothing no no complaints how about you oh uh it's been a little it's been a little tough part of why we took a break is because my dad died oh. what a day dude i'm so sorry oh <laughs> uh, no it's okay it's a it's weird because it, it's a thing where it feels like oh we have been estranged for years now like i haven't talked to him in years and then it was like oh well you got to say all the nice things to each other so we like left on a high note so i'm just like yeah, no, it's fine. My dad's dead, but like he loves me. So like it's okay, you guys. <laughs> like he Aww. didn't call me a whore. So <laughs> So you got some closure. Yeah, got some closure and just sort of like all right. Like sometimes we do stupid shit when when we're human beings. Um Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we do dumb shit, but like at the end of the day, it's all love. I really respect that. I have not gotten there with my estranged mom. I don't know when and if I will, you know? Mm, so yes. I really respect the ability to get there. Like, it's hard. It's tough. Well, it helped that my dad was, uh, number one, dying. Yeah. Number two, Helps. was not drinking alcohol because he aforesaid mentioned dying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it was the alcohol that really, I mean, really was more stuff. He was 
a, a deeply fucked up person. Yeah. Um, but you know, funny and fun and seeing him was like seeing a little piece of me that was missing. So Aww. it feels I was I've been thinking about it, I was like, it feels like when Jessica died, I became a ghost. And then now that my dad is dead, I'm like, oh, I'm back alive. All right. It's a, oh, a very weird shift. Like it's almost like you got to like uh, reconnect with a part of you that hadn't existed for a while. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's really interesting. Kind of seeing this little piece of the the pizza here. It's like Aww. the little this little slice of za that is my father has yeah. made its way back into the box. Who is absolutely a part of who you are, how yeah. you view the world. You know, like yeah, yeah. and of his course. and his like his sense of humor, which is like maybe a little weird or, or, or dark or sometimes very like quick. He's a funny person. Um, and like me and my sister were talking about how like, oh, so much of, it's like weird talking to him now because we're like, God, this is where we get it from. Like this is, this is why we're weird. Like yeah. we're, our brains work in a weird way sometimes or we feel weird, you know, because we're like, oh, we're like our dad. Um, but one of the jokes he said the day before he died, uh, I keep telling this because I just think it's amazing. Um, my sister goes, uh, hey, do you think colorblind people still see shades of gray? And without missing a beat, my dad's like, yeah, all 50 of them. And it was just like, oh, my God, like so quick. He's dying. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, like 50 shades of gray. <laughs> six. <laughs> that book was about six. Yeah, that's so funny. And it was fun to like joke with him about like what's gonna happen when he dies. Of like, oh, you know, my my other sister starts like, oh, I want to like have like a little piece of you like cremating, you know, so we have a little piece. Of you know, I was like, oh, I just take a little finger bone, a little, like put it on a necklace, right? And we're all like laughing, thinking about my dad's finger Aww. on her on her as a necklace. And I was like, this is great. This is how I want that's in my family to be us yeah. just joking <laughs> that is really cool that he was like you know able to like be in that moment with you yes. too yes yeah. it was yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah and he was really grateful to to have the opportunity like Aww. yeah it felt like it, it felt like he got a lot of closure and stuff so um, that's so, really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm in a good place from it. Aww. Like, I feel like I have a very a unique experience and I'm like, am I supposed to be more sad and upset? People keep checking in on me to make sure like I'm okay, which is wonderful. Yeah. But I'm also like, y'all, I'm, I'm fine. It's like, I never have to worry about, it's also like a relief. Like I never have to worry about this person like popping up again in my life of like, yeah. And doing something that's harmful. Hurtful. Yeah. 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 Anyways, feels good to talk about that. But it feels even better to talk. <laughs> it feels even better to talk about uh, comedy. Comedy. Comedians. Comedians. Amazing people. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of comedians. We have one of our favorite ones right here. Yes. It's the amazing Erin Bounds. Erin, uh, she's an actress, a comedian, a writer, as well as a community activist. She's the creator of One Good Seed. Erin, thank you for coming on. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love you both so much. Love you. Uh, um, I love you so much. I we've been talking about having you on for a while. I say this to every guest because it's like it's true. Yeah. I feel like there's not enough time to talk to all the amazing, awesome yes. women we in comedy. We know so many cool people. Yeah, it's crazy. This is like a Sisyphusian task where the the ball of uh, the the stone we're rolling up the hill is just like awesome comedians. <laughs> Anyways, we're all doing what we can. Yeah, <laughs> we're just doing of, what we can. You do a lot. Yes, dude. you do. Yeah, you are um, so involved in the community, and you do some really cool shit. I'm super excited to talk to you about that today. Thank you so much. We've actually done some cool stuff together. You uh, are Both very of inspiring, us. and you, yeah, you get. I, I feel like you get people off their butts and involved. It's true. It is very true. You really you, do. Like, okay, so, um, so, Aaron, I feel. I don't know. Yeah, you. You started doing the care kits uh, for the unhoused population. It was like a thing we were doing like a couple times a year, which was cool. And you were organizing that and like getting the word out when um, CK and I, yeah. Uh, yeah, CK. Angel. What an angel. Devil angel. Yeah. <laughs> Just how we like them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, so there's that, of course. Um, that's how I, uh, I don't know. Is it? 
got involved got in involved community in, outreach yeah it was just like oh cool and then of course working with black women lead um helping do food drives and then uh and of course you were you, you build community gardens yeah that's my kind of latest endeavor um but one that i've been working on for much longer than it seems like like almost since the beginning of the pandemic um, and it started as a journey of just like gardening for myself and mm-hmm. my own mental health and being like, what can I do? Well, I can do this thing that makes me feel good. I can put my hands in some dirt. Mm-hmm. And when I find like I was going on a lot of little walks at the beginning of the pandemic and just like finding cuttings on the ground and being like, I'm going to see if I can bring this back to life. And it made me feel so powerful. And, you know, um, I think through a lot of like, the community outreach stuff that we were doing over the pandemic and realizing how many people were were like food insecure during a time when it was like people had lost their jobs, like people had, you know, it was just like uh, people lost everything. People lost family. It was a time when it was like, ah, well, couldn't we be growing food? There's so many vacant lots. We actually have access to like so many different things and just nobody's utilizing it. And so it was a journey of going, how do we get food to people? That's kind of where I started. You started a community garden, right? Did you start one in a vacant lot? That was my, so that was kind of like my original plan was to start a community garden. And I didn't know where. I knew I wanted it to be in like an area where people would really benefit from from having a community garden. And honestly, I didn't know how many community gardens already kind of existed, but because I was working with like various nonprofit organizations that served like the houseless community, I was like, I wonder if I could team up with a nonprofit and get like a garden going for people who are directly, my friend's place is where I originally wanted to do it. And then just because of the nature of the pandemic, that ended up not really working out. So I found a lot in Inglewood and was hoping to turn that into a community garden and then found out from talking to some people in the neighborhood that it used to be a community garden and that the community used to love it. They were like, yeah, they, you know, they hosted events where, you know, tree people would come and give out like fruit trees to people in the community and then all kinds of cool stuff. But it was connected to the school, Morningside High School over there. So then kind of the journey turned into like getting a hold of people at the school and going, you know, you have this like lot that's available. It's overgrown. It doesn't look like anything ever did grow there. But are you interested in like, is it just a matter of nobody's maintaining it anymore? Like, do you just need like donations or supplies or like, what do you need? How do we do it? And that became like a whole like trying to get through a lot of like red tape. And it felt like we probably spent six or seven months or so like talking to people who would go I'll get back to you or I think you need to contact this person like at LAUSD or or I'm waiting to hear back from and just not hearing back from people but I was doing like a weekly food distribution with an organization called the Eastside Cafe and I was telling one of the volunteers about this school garden I was trying to get going and how it had been so hard to get started. She was like, oh, I'm the librarian at a school right over here and we have a space for a garden but don't know how to start or how to get it going. And so by the nature of just like talking about it, found my actual first like school garden project. And because schools have like a tax ID that you can use basically the same as like a a nonprofit's 501c3 status, it's like you can apply for grants, you can apply for, you know, you can ask for donations from stuff and it's, it operates almost the same way. And I was kind of like, you know, is this really what I wanted to do? Like, how does this serve? Like I was hoping to serve like the houseless community. This feels Mm -hmm. almost the opposite of that. But if you're doing it in an area where a lot of like kids might not have access to a yard at home or like space to grow their own food or or even just a green space, you know, um, it actually does serve the kids and their families and the teachers and like a whole bunch of other people you wouldn't think about who could benefit from it. And then thinking about it like that, it was like, you know, once you plant a seed, who knows where it's bound to go? Like, and this school that we started it's farmdale elementary in el sereno is a community school they're an ib world and community school and so they do a lot of community events like they Mm -hmm. as a school they serve the community 
cool. They do like food drives and they do like, you know, clothing, not swaps, but like clothing donations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it feels like I, in a roundabout way, got back to where, what, you know, the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think, and it's like something that I think people talk a lot about in terms of like, you know, what is reshaping our communities look like? And it does include investing heavily in like where our community starts with, with kids, right? Like those yeah. are the future members of the community and like building that sense of community, that sense of like togetherness, that having that space, you are investing in the people in that community in the future, right? Like 100%. Yeah. And like, I've like, I mean, taking it like from that point going like, um, this is the future. Like the kids are the ones who are going to hopefully save us from this whole mess. God did. So hopefully those kids have some kind of connection to the land from an early age so that they care about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that they go like, oh, like butterflies and bugs are like an important part of the ecosystem We're instead of going, those yeah. bugs are gross. I'm get this out of my, you know, yeah. um, Oh, so how does all of this uh, um, <laughs> relate to you in comedy? <laughs> well, that's almost a, <laughs> I'm like, that's. Yeah, like, have you figured out a way super... to, like, combine all of your your loves? I'm, like, happy that you asked that because it's it's part of, like, the bigger plan, like, right. the, the maybe 10-year plan or whatever. But I kind of want to have, like, a comedy farm where it's like Ooh. where it's like growing food for the community but also there's like a kitchen attached and maybe it's a venue so that you can like host events and raise money for the farm for the community for whatever it is and i try oh. not to get super specific about what that looks like because i almost feel like keeping like a vague picture of an, of it in my head like is going to lead me to exactly what it should be yeah but i'm like comedy farm <laughs> a, a haha farm like I don't I've never heard of one but like it's almost kind of like have you guys heard of oh, I think it was Project Plantasia or something but like in general there's been studies done that like if you play music for plants they're happier oh yes yeah, yeah uh-huh so what about telling them jokes oh. <laughs> Oh. maybe the plants don't get it or maybe they get it on a whole different level that we don't come from, but like bringing laughter to like a farm or to a place where you're growing oh. something new feels very like, Ooh, this is like special kind of magical territory to be explored. That's yes. cool. Yeah, I love oh. that. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine that it would be, um, it would help the plants grow. Cause right. Like music, it's like, there's, there's rhythm, it's sound waves and laughter is a lot like, and, and comedy in general is so much like music that it's, you know, you've got a rhythm and, uh, yeah. yeah. And people say laughter is medicine and plants are medicine and, yeah. you know, yeah, everything is like very connected in ways I feel like we obviously can't so, see. But. Yes. So you yeah. want to, you, you want a funny farm is what you want. <laughs> okay. Well, well, that's not exactly, but yeah, <laughs> close enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is about the crazy people. <laughs> We are crazy. We are all crazy for yeah. doing this crazy thing in this crazy place and being like, yeah. yeah, this is this is good. This is we'll keep doing this. Yeah, <laughs> say we're absurd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. to follow the absurd. Yeah. See so, where it takes you. So you love to follow the absurd, which uh, which brings us to um, the natural point of kind of figuring out um, how you got to be so funny and lovely and who you are and um so where did you grow up I grew up in Aurora Colorado born in Texas but like yeah was in Colorado from seven to like 25 and then went to college in Denver specifically community college of Denver and then University of you know Colorado Denver but I took my first comedy class in college, in community college. Oh. What was the comedy class? It's almost like, it's almost too perfect. So it was like a sketch slash stand-up class, which I didn't know existed at the time. I was like, you can take classes for doing that thing. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, 
Yeah, definitely. Like I've I've always like wanted to learn about stand up because I always felt like I had the inner monologue of a stand up. But my comedy teacher at the time, Judy Ireland. God, I hope that's right. Bad memory. Not she was a great teacher. She was <laughs> yes. also my public speech teacher Ooh. the same semester. So I almost like played off of that and like every speech that I wrote was also like a character bit or like a you know it had to be funny like I was yeah. my goal was to make her laugh yeah and her class her public speech class is the only like a plus plus I've ever gotten oh wow Aww. on a thing um yeah because you made her made her laugh you knew your audience yeah and I knew that signing up I mean signing up I was like a comedy I was like I'm gonna take this person for both of these classes and see what happens either mm. it will bite me in the ass or it'll do what it did, which was it made both classes better. Yeah. Oh, oh that's awesome. So were you, uh, before that, before like college um, and all of that, when you, when you took a comedy class, were you a performer or a writer? Were you a, a creative before that? Or what were you into? I mean, yes and no. Like I grew up in a family of artists, so it's always been really hard for me to call myself an artist because I didn't specifically... Like I wasn't specifically an artist. Like my mm. both of my parents were artists. Like fine arts. Right. Like my right. like pastels and painting and watercolor. And like my sister was also an art major. And and so I was like, I'm the jock of the family. <laughs> but I was always like creative and crafty. And like even like in speeches, always like had an air of like funniness. Yeah. Mm. Comical, comical wit about you. Yes. Did you like comedy growing up? So like my, I think my, my first like introduction to comedy was like, I love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I named my first cat Lucy after I love Lucy. Cause I love Lucille Ball oh. so much. <laughs> um, And I feel like what I loved about her specifically as like a comedian and like specifically a physical comedian was how much she could convey with like a look or was like, she didn't even have to say something funny. She'd just be like, right. Whatever. And I was like, (laughs) genius. (laughs) (laughs) And when she got started, I don't think that she was like specifically a comedian, almost the opposite. She was like trying to be more like an A-list actor right right. but she like found her own path and like what a what a treat and treasure that she did yeah yeah we all got lucky I know yeah we're very lucky that we had Lucille Ball yeah Um, she changed the game a bit mm -hmm. she and Desi Arnaz they completely like they like invented modern television it's fascinating their story is so interesting dude totally Yeah. yeah and I think they were one of the first, if not the first, interracial couple on, on TV. TV. Yeah. And she did that. They were like, mm, we don't really think that's a good idea. And she's like, mm, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you did comedy class and you were like, okay, cool. I'm in college. I'm what in was your major, class. by the way? Oh, yeah. yeah. Communications. Oh. Oh. Did you want to be a journalist? I had no idea. That's, I think, why I took communications. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And then I still kind of never really did. But listen, you have to be able to communicate to do comedy. So S. Yeah. Suck my I think that's what Will Ferrell was like a communications major at USC or something. Yeah. Like he was like, you know, on on air journalism or something like that. Yeah. Um, So I feel like, I mean, I didn't, I was like a creative writing major. I feel like for a lot of comedians, I feel like a lot of us don't know what we're doing because we didn't know that comedy was an option. That's the way I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you get ended up? How did you end up from Colorado in here in Los Angeles? I know the story, but let our listeners know because all journeys are important. Honestly, in a really, it felt kind of roundabout way because I took that comedy class and then performed stand up and then like in our class show and then didn't really do comedy for years and years and years because again, yeah, I didn't think it was like a a path that I could follow. Yeah. Um, but I knew I wanted to be involved in like the entertainment industry and my first 
job after school. Like I, I took an internship with the Denver Film Society and I ended up meeting this girl who got me a job at Sundance. Oh. She was like, hey, like the manager of the box office at Sundance. So if you wanted to come work Sundance, you could, but it would be in the box office. And I was like, hell cool. yeah. 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 And she was like, you're not going to like make money. If anything, you're probably not even going to break even. Like it's probably going to cost you money to come out here and stay for three weeks. But while I was out there, my long-term boyfriend and I at the time broke up and I was rooming with a couple of girls who were both from L.A., and they were like, don't even look back, just move to L.A. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. And like at the time I was like, because we'd been together so long, me and this guy, I was like, Ugh, I don't want to have to go back to Denver and just like constantly be reminded of him or constantly be running into people who we know together and having the, I was just like, I just don't want to do that. Yeah. So I told him that I was moving to L.A. I was like, listen, I've found my new life out here. It's been fun, but I told him that, and then he applied for a job at SpaceX, which is out in LA. And then essentially, <laughs> when I got home, he can—he's like, I got a job at SpaceX, so if you want to get back together with me, I promise I'll change and blah blah blah. But let's move to LA together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we stayed together like another year and a half after that. And that I mean, would have convinced me too, though, honestly, if somebody <laughs> like took the time to apply for a job in the city where I had said I was moving to and they were like, look, I already, I applied for a job. I got it. I'm ready to go with you. I, I, I obviously would have been like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You're, you seem serious about this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I didn't think he was ever going to leave. Denver because his whole family and like all of our friends were there yeah. and I was like your life is pretty set here yeah but it was like as soon as he said that I was like and I don't mean this in a bad way I was like hoping that it would work out that like being away from all of our like old toxic friends and habits would potentially lead to this better life mm -hmm. yeah um but I was like well if it all goes to hell at least I'll be out in LA yeah right yeah. and I will have not had to go alone yeah yeah and then what happened well it ended I mean it ended specifically um because I was almost getting resentful that I was out here for like a couple of years and was still not doing the thing that I loved mm. like I felt very much into like a domestic like caretaker kind of role of like he makes the money so I have to do all the laundry and make all the meals and do all this other stuff to make up for oh no 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 the mm. fact that he paid more rent and stuff yeah but it was like he has the important job so that's the thing that like you know people come out and get like our friends come out and get a tour of his job it's so cool and I was yeah. like right. but I wanted to be doing comedy and now I'm living like not a life that I wanted to live out here. Yeah. And I think we ended up breaking up over something that, you know, wasn't the thing. Yes. Yeah. It was like a trip to the grocery store that he didn't want to come on. And I was like, that is it. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, that is it, right? Because like, I, it's so crucial for people, you know, if you, it's like if somebody has their career set and they're with a partner who's like working towards their career, it is not fair at all to just be like, well, you don't have yours yet. So there's nothing for you to put on hold so you can whatever. You know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. it's not acceptable. And I feel like people do that to each other all the time. Yeah. And it very much felt like because he had this job where he was working long hours and like comedy is the thing that happens at night yeah mm -hmm. largely happens at night it was like oh it made me feel like I was going to be a bad person for going out and doing this thing in the time that I was supposed to be spending with him right, right. and I was like I think my biggest concern was I'm gonna end up being resentful I'm gonna wake up like and snap one day if I'm like married with kids in this life that I didn't really that I knew was not the life I was meant to be living yeah mm -hmm. so when you split, how long before you started pursuing, like how long before you like actually got to start doing what you moved out here for? Um, well, so I had taken a class really close to where I'd been living while I was living with him mm -hmm. in Long Beach and didn't really, it just didn't really gel. But a friend who I had taken an acting class with in college had moved out here before me and 
I think I reached out to him like via LinkedIn because <laughs> he wasn't on the social media or whatever. And I was like, hey, like I'm trying to find like I wanted to be doing stand up, but I was like, I didn't know that you could take stand up as a class out here even. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm trying to find like sketch some kind of sketch class so that I can get into the habit of writing like jokes and like have to write them because something is due. There's a deadline. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, you've got to try the pack. The like I, I did classes at the pack theater and Sam Brown from whitest kids, you know, is there. And he's like, it's really like underground. Like a lot of people don't know about it. Like you kind of have to, he was like, the teacher asks you like how you found out about it because they don't post about it on social media. Like it was very yeah. like at the time, I think it was still Miles Stroth workshop. Yeah. yeah. But so yeah, even that I was like, all right, I trust this guy. This is like a funny person who like knows what he's doing and is on his path. And I was like, I'm going to go take classes at the pack with zero intention of ever being like, um, cause I want to be a sketch comedian. I want right. to be on a sketch team. I want to get on SNL. Like that wasn't really my drive, but yeah. after taking one class that led to another, that led to another, it was like, well, you went through the whole program. I guess I might as well audition. At no point was I like planning to audition. But right. In the whole time I was taking classes, I was like still like very shy and nervous and just hadn't done comedy in so long. Yeah. Hadn't performed in so long. Hadn't been on a stage in almost a decade. And it was like. Wow. But then like I had my first class show and it was like that was what it was. I think having the class show and because I was the only girl in the class, I was in like every sketch, yeah, which was like very intimidating, but like I kind of crushed it. Yeah. yeah. And just that feeling was so good of being like, oh, like I put on a show. Yeah. People came and saw it and laughed. I was like, oh. say, I was like the power. Yeah. The power. <laughs> I made you laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is power yeah. it's uh empowerment mm -hmm. yes yeah and I didn't know how much I liked working on like I knew I liked doing team stuff but I you know I liked being on a team I liked the idea that you didn't have to have something fully flushed out that you could like pitch an idea and if people thought it was funny they would just keep pitching and it would be like how can we make this dumb thing as funny and as dumb yes. as possible and I was like this is the world I want to live in yeah. where everything is dumb and stupid and funny <laughs> <laughs> a better world is possible where everything is dumb and stupid and funny I mean everything is already pretty dumb and stupid it just needs to it's be it's just not funny it's just not fucking funny it's <laughs> not <laughs> funny so you've been doing, you did, a, you, you've done quite a bit of uh, like sketch comedy and characters and stuff like that. Um, but it's your real love stand up. I know you've been doing a lot more stand up lately too. I feel like I've been seeing you on more shows. I um, definitely um, am trying to get back to that, I think, because it's still a thing that feels very like personal to me. Like mm -hmm. there is a lot of compromise with being on a team, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, but like. When it comes down to like wanting to be selective with your time and go like, what are the things I really care about and want to prioritize? I'm like, I feel like I have my voice in stand up. Yeah. I feel like where I can make some kind of difference is in stand up. Yeah. Like yeah. I can say the things that I want to communicate when I'm speaking directly to an audience about, yeah. about the shit. Yeah. And I like that stand up is like kind of. Um, you know, a way to make sense of the world, the yeah. way to make sense of the dumb stuff that's happening. And if you can find a way to make it funny or make it relatable or make people think about something in a way that they haven't done before, like the power in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like when I think about the sketch that I grew up that I really liked, like Kids in the Hall or The State, like it was all, a lot of it was like a lot of social commentary, mm -hmm. vaguely political, you know what I mean? Like, there's, and I think that that is what appeals to me personally about yeah. comedy as well is like the fact that it is an opportunity to comment on the things that are fucked up and not funny about the world and like, yeah. you know, make fun of the things, make fun of those things. And like, yeah, I, I, I think stand up like is like really, it's like 
you can do it with sketch, but you have to find a bunch of like-minded people who also want to do yes. that exact same thing. Very and much with so. stand-up, it's like kind of punk rock. You can just get up and do it. Yeah. yeah. Especially like, you know, when stuff is happening. I mean, for the last few years, it's been like one fucking thing after the other where you're <laughs> like, what terrible thing is going to happen next? Right. Mm-hmm. But like being able to, that's I think what I like about stand-up is like with sketch, it's like, oh, a f- a f- crazy thing just happened and now I'm gonna write a sketch about it and hope that it's still relevant in a month (laughs) with stand-up if I like think of something funny or crazy or something that I really want to like see how people feel about it I can go do that tonight yeah immediate gratification yeah yeah Almost. I'm gonna find out very yeah. quickly if people agree or disagree yeah <laughs> or if, if they care at all or not yeah. funny yeah right. and yeah. then you you get even further into that and you go like oh I could do this on TikTok or you know like do this online and post it and then really like it's a different immediate gratification because yeah. yeah. it's like in the form of like verbal r- verbal like written you right know? yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, nothing's better than a laugh. Oh my right. god! An in-person, yeah. real laugh, that sound, a laugh that you can see come out of someone's mouth. Yeah, yeah. vibrate <laughs> me with your sound waves. Yeah, but you oh feel that. <laughs> I never thought about that, yeah. but I that I guarantee you that that is part of the addiction, right? Is oh, that yeah. like the actual? You're like vibe. You literally are vibrating. With, yes. That, that is like why that. laughter is Whoa. contagious. Yeah, and why we need to start the funny farm. I did know that that's why laughter is contagious because Eric Moneypenny would talk a lot about like why the pack was more conducive than like other theaters. It's because you're all packed in tight, and so mm-hmm. if someone's laughing, you feel the person next to you laughing. Yeah, like, yeah. like UCB Franklin. That will always be like the most fun stage to, to perform oh, on and to you're watch right shows every at. Side yeah. Of, yeah you're oh like surrounded that's why that the sunset theater i saw a couple shows there and it's just that place was death in a theater you know yeah. what i mean it just was it was so dead and uncomfortable and like stark and just yeah. too and it's not big. the performances yeah. it's literally the, the space. theater it literally it, was it's not the space. intimate enough yeah that yeah. space i was like why would they do this i had to fart Oh. <laughs> that was the perfect fart. Yeah, I was Bling. like, are we going to even hear it? I love um, I love fart sounds. I think they're so funny. I do too. Child. Um, fart sounds, we can jokes. Yeah, we can include that in the episode. Um, we should probably go ahead and get into these are five things. A few questions we're going to ask you. It's not a lightning round. You can take as much time as you want with these questions. Yeah. Okay. First question is... What's been your biggest influence in comedy? And now this can be a person in your life, a TV show. It could be whatever. You know. Sorry if my fart smells. I almost feel like you said TV show and it made me be like, Lucy, it's I Love Lucy, of course. Because, you know, I grew up on it and I feel like her physical comedy is what made me want to be like more physical even as a stand up. But if I'm like getting really real, it's like my dad. Like my dad was probably my biggest influence in terms of comedy down to like when I had my class stand up show in college, like I would read him my jokes and he would help me punch them up. Oh, wow. But it almost came from like a, (laughs) it almost came from like a, not a dark place, but like his sense of humor was really like sarcastic and kind of like a dick. Like he was just kind of like a dick to people. Yeah. And I was like. That vibes with me, (laughs) (laughs) which makes me sometimes feel bitchy about when I am like, it was just a joke. And then I'm like, oh, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, the way that he would joke with like my mom and me and my sister, it was like, and he also like, he does comedy. He's in Toastmasters. So he does like comedy speeches professionally and has like done competitions and stuff. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So he takes a big interest in everything that I do. He's like, send me. I want to see it. That's really sweet. That's awesome. That's real sweet. It's so cute that your dad helped you punch up your jokes too when you were in college. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. And to this day, like if I have an idea for like a sketch, I'll call him and be like, what do you, is this funny? You got any idea? What do you think? Good guy. Love my dad. He'll probably listen to this. Oh, 
Good guy. Good guy. Uh, hello, Mr. Bounds. Good guy. Hello, my dad. Hello, my dad. Okay. So what uh, so far has been your worst experience in comedy and your best experience in comedy? I feel like uh, doing the, it's going to sound so dumb, but like after I started getting really into stand-up, like I did, um, I did a set at the comedy store and that felt very much like, like, even though it's not like, I'm not like famous, nobody, nobody knows who I am, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I'm doing it where real comedians are doing it. Yeah. And like, it had like a little bit of experience with that before, but like, like getting off the stage and then walking down and seeing like people that I knew doing comedy in the same place I was doing it. I was like, oh, like I'm doing it. I'm not, you know, there or I'm not famous or I'm not whatever, but I'm, I'm on my way. Yeah. It's like, I'm doing it. And that's the most important thing is that you're doing it and not thinking about doing it. And that was your, was that your first time performing at the comedy store? Yeah. And I've performed there a few times and like my parents saw me perform in the comedy store and actually told like jokes about both of them, like at their expense. Hell yeah. And they laughed at them and it felt like very, it felt like, I was like, even if like, you know, it's just my parents, I was like, my parents seeing me do comedy in a place where they're walking by and seeing like people they know and see on TV. Yeah. It was like, see, I was supposed to be in LA. Yeah. <laughs> they never didn't believe in me. I'm not letting them. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying that like, so I showed them. But they're, right. They're very supportive. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still nice to be like, you know, it's like reaffirming. It's like, see, I am supposed to be here. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is where I belong. Yeah. Very so. validating. That's sweet. Yeah. That's a very memorable experience. Do you have a worse experience? Mm-hmm. I'm sure I probably have many of them. I, well, and I don't know if this is the worst one. It's just like maybe the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, but I was in a sketch show where like, it was like a really prop heavy thing and we just hadn't like run the thing with all the props before. And so I had a sketch where I was supposed to bring something out and I didn't bring it out. And so I had to run off the stage and then came back and realized I'd forgotten something else and was like, (laughs) I was like, I tanked the show. (laughs) Whether or not that's true, it's how I felt. Right. And a guy that I had a crush on was in the audience and it was his first time seeing me perform. So I was like, and now he doesn't think I'm funny. And now this and this and that. <laughs> and I think afterwards he was like, didn't even realize something had got, he's like, oh, I thought that was part of the sketch. And I was like, well, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that kind of sounds like its own sketch in a prop heavy show. Okay, yeah. we'll do a really prop heavy show and we'll do one sketch where one person keeps forgetting a prop. That's like its own <laughs> sketch. That's pretty good. Uh, that's hilarious. I probably would have thought it was part of the show too. <laughs> <laughs> I've like never gotten so sweaty or been more like, how do I just get off this? How do I disappear? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy the way that like something that can feel like the end of the world to you on stage, nobody else notices. Mm-hmm. That's why like in standup, I think the best feedback I ever got was like, if you can't remember what your next joke was, don't sit there and go, um, 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 I know what I'm, I, I had it just take a sip of water, take a walk, like take a laugh around the stage, like distract your point, you know, talk about something, you know what I mean? Like, you don't like, nobody knows that you had a line you were going to say next. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take a second, gather your thoughts and fucking come back to it nobody knows nobody knows what you were gonna do and I feel like in LA it's kind of hard because we just assume that everybody else is also a comedian so you are just being judged but a lot of times people in the audience are like so impressed that you are able to get on the stage and talk into a microphone in front of people it's like I'm a comedian and I'm still impressed like anytime I'm just like Hell yeah. I'm a very supportive audience member because I'm just like, this is hard. I do this too and I know this is hard. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand the mentality of like, 
I'm not going to give you a laugh. Right. Though I will say sometimes you're watching and no amount of you wanting to be supportive can make you laugh. And that's fine. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Rather be honest. I honestly, I think it's important that as comedians, like we are, we toe that line between being supportive and being honest because it does not feel good to walk away from a show where you know you didn't do a good job and everyone's like, it was so good. Yeah. You're like, literally shut up. Yes. (laughs) Yep. I just realized what my actual worst uh, oh. but I can't tell you. Oh, oh no. That's okay. But I literally can't tell you. I'll tell you afterwards, but I literally can't tell you. Okay. I don't know if somebody But asked it was bad. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, yeah, really? Bad. Okay. To the point where I'm like, was either of you guys there? Maybe. Oh, I don't think so. Maybe. Mm. Oh, now I'm dying to know. Okay, right. well, let's wrap this, Sorry, let's wrap this up. Sorry, yeah, I gotta move on. <laughs> We're going to get the scoop on our end. We get uh-huh. the juice. Question number three, hype up a friend. Perhaps somebody you'd like to see on this podcast. Take that for whatever it means to you. Oh, that's hard because I've seen so many of the people that I would want to hype up on this podcast. Yeah, right? Like, who hasn't been on it yet? Um, Erica Curry? Oh, oh, she is on our list as well. Yeah, oh, yes. she is. And also, I owe her a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not I, I, I have to asshole. reach out to her and get oh her address. God. I know. I just am the worst. I'm so lazy. Anyway, Erica yeah, Curry is the winner of our, our ask, We do a raffle. A raffle yeah. with our, uh, so if you're listening, um, we do a raffle. Then <laughs> You may or may not get a Your uh, prize we, is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Erica okay. Curry. Erica Curry, amazing human being. Period. Hilarious comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, host of Jacked Wrestling. Yes. Co-host of yeah. Trashy Trashy Pod. Uh, she did the Scramble for a while. That was yes. a variety, sh- a brunch timed variety I show. I really liked the Scramble. I loved yeah. the Scramble. It was nice to have a Sunday morning place to work out stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like actually kind of a nice, yeah. So, oh, and she's a great travel buddy. Just uh-huh. feel like I have to say that because I've been to uh, Japan with her and to Tijuana. Oh, fun. Hmm. Truly, truly one of my favorite people to travel with. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Finding yeah. a good travel buddy is crucial. Yeah. 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 She's really good at um, figuring out, like, the lay of the land and stuff and going, like, how do I, like, she respects the culture, you know? She's mm. like, what's the proper way to communicate with people and not be, like, rude and... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. very good. I love that. In Japan, I found that, in like, that was that comes in really handy there because, like, Americans were very loud, were very obnoxious, were very in your face, and, like... Japanese people just are not, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's right. rude to talk to people that way. Right. To the extent of like the train rides are usually pretty quiet. Silent. Mm. Yeah. Totally silent. Because it's, it's like, yeah. you don't hear people with their boom boxes. Or, or people or like even, even having talking. a discussion at like, you know, yeah. a volume that other people could hear it. Yeah. Um, Erica is somebody I would describe as, uh, as res- respectfully sassy. Fully, yeah. yeah. One of the sassiest people I know. She's very sassy, but she's she's respectfully sassy. Yeah. yeah. I also lived with her for five years. Oh, oh dang. I couldn't have left that out, but I'm like, yeah. And I Honestly, I, I know any, her on a very personal. Anyone you can <laughs> close live living with quarters. that long. Yeah. yeah. It was probably closer to three years, but yeah, love her so much. Aww. Awesome. Oh, great. That was a great hype. That Good was hype. a great hype. Thank you. I fully pulled it out. I was like, okay. It was but specific I... and detailed. That was that that was a hell of a hype. Thank you. <laughs> and if you think of anybody else you want to hype, post about it on Instagram. Okay. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll hype both of you guys up. Come okay. On, come on. Hype us. Love you so much. Oh my gosh. I love you. I want to hype. I mean, like, hype I'm so excited to hype you up yes. and like just talk about everything you're up to. you're such an inspiration okay speaking of you have accomplished a lot you've performed at the comedy store you've been on a house team um you've now started a non-profit Mm -hmm. which is fucking awesome uh what is something you haven't yet done in your life or career that you're like all right i'm gonna do that next no i mean i think we kind of touched on it but um i think it's really important to do the things that you love the most because those things light you up and that like lights up the people around you. And I feel like um, 
a blend of comedy and, um, you know, community in like the gardening world. If I can find a way to blend those worlds and I hope it's a comedy farm. I don't know what it's going to be exactly specifically. It's on my, it's in my line of vision. Could you potentially start hosting comedy shows at your garden? Well, so I actually just started two new garden projects okay and i'm really excited because one of them is a high school uh-huh. oh i saw you mention that yeah yeah uh-huh. you get so to work with those older kids the benefit there is just that the kids are so much more hands-on with mm-hmm. it like they're taking horticulture classes they like cook the food that they grow themselves and will like host community events and all kinds of like so i'm really excited to see like watch them build their own planters and just be more hands-on in general. Yeah. Um, the other one is a shelter, not a shelter, sorry. It's a co-shared living space for women and children impacted by homelessness. Uh-huh. Back to where I was trying to where start from started. the beginning. Yeah. Um, homelessness or the foster care system. So probably not the co-shared living space as a place for comedy, but like the potential of like high schoolers to have that, like the principal was talking to me about, oh, if you or anyone you know wants to like do like a a six week crash course and fill in the blank elective, you could do that here. Oh, wow. And so I'd like to talk with her a little bit more. I really want to connect her with Royce. Yeah. Um, Yes. And the inclusivity committee and see what the possibility of, you know, having the pack do stuff with it's Chevy at Hills High School. Yes. Oh, um, very cool. And I don't know if they w- would get to the point of being able to host events there, but maybe. Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. super cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um wow. okay. So what advice do you have? for our listeners maybe they're just starting out in comedy or they've been in this for a while what's worked for you I think what's worked for me is not going like there is one specific way to get any one place like um there are a lot of roundabout ways to do your own you know do it your own way you know write your own show start your own web series start your own do your own thing though and don't be like this is the way it's done and if not I'm not doing it right or I feel like a also really important not to like worry all the time about why is it, it hasn't happened yet. Like if you're happy doing the thing you're doing, keep doing it. Cause that's, it's more about the journey than the destination, baby. That's great. I mean, that's like it. Enough said. That's like perfect advice. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It's perfect. Yes. You're perfect. perfect. I'm this a middle child. So <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I got a compliment oh, yes. and I asked for it again. Yeah. Fellow um, middle child completely understand. <laughs> you. I have to be perfect. Also, I'm a Virgo. I don't know. I think that's part of it. Dude, double Virgo. Oh, really? Cap, sun, but double Virgo. I don't know my uh, whole chart. Moon and I don't know my birth time. I'm, but... I'm the youngest and I'm a Libra, so I'm already pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to try. Yeah, I'm pretty charming as it is. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> My mom told me this story about how when I was a when I was a kid, I was so cute that I made a paralyzed woman smile. Like she had smiled in like like a long time, but I like walked in the room and she was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and then I hit puberty. Uh, it all went downhill from there. Yeah. No, you're the cutest. Yes, I'm um, very cute. No. I am aware of this. <laughs> but you know who's more cute and more beautiful is Aaron Bounds. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys so much. I, I I truly enjoyed this so much. Mostly just like being able to catch up with. Yes, you guys. Yeah. Thank you for making too such an impact and kind of making um making being able to be part of a community more accessible. Like you make you make it more accessible just by the sheer like you take the bullshit out of um out of being part of a community. You're just like, "Hey, if you want to come and do this thing, you come and do this thing." If you don't like like one thing I like about you is like it, it, there's no expectation or pressure to like commit all of this like you know time it's like you know when when you are creating these opportunities for people it's like come if you can and you know 
it's fine. It's going to work out. Yeah. 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 I feel like, um, that's maybe one of the biggest lessons I learned from the care kits was the more accessible you make it to people to help, the more likely they are to help. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go, I can only, I'm only taking monetary donations. Well, a lot of people don't have money to give, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people, and a lot of people don't have like money to go out and buy stuff, but then those people can still show up and just fill up a bag or hand stuff out or whatever you're most comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Helping people help people. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. (laughs) I, that's, I mean, it's, it's super inspirational and yes. like the work that you do in the community is amazing and it's I am always very appreciative of the fact that you like create opportunities for people yeah. to get involved it's yes you're a fucking dynamite person to have and we're so lucky yes. Los Angeles is so fucking lucky to have you also you're very funny too yeah you're really fun to watch on stage you have like I feel like we didn't say this enough at the top uh, yeah. you're just like um, you're having fun up there. And I think that it, that's like the most important thing. And you're, you know, you're committing and you're having fun and you're, you know, you're focused and that's just delightful. I loved watching you, um, as one of like the dancers for the, um, sketch that tune. For sketch that tune. Like, I was just going to say that was the very first place I ever saw you perform was sketch that tune. And I, cause I just like randomly went to that show for something Um, and that was the first time I saw you on stage and I was like transfixed. You're so magnetic to watch and also just gorgeous. And so I was just like, who is that? You were like, you were like Goldie (laughs) Hawn and and laughing. Yeah, honestly, really just like you look the part, like you were just so magnetic to watch it. That was, yeah, that was also, I, I like the visual of you in sketch that tune is very like. Mm-hmm. clear holy crap yeah. you guys are so nice I don't know how to take compliments so I'm just staring at you like <laughs> I, in disbelief stop talking, stop talking. <laughs> thank you you're welcome thank you thank you're you you're such an incredible person thank you, you so really much are. for coming on yeah thank you for coming on well that was lovely it is never lost on me how meaningful the advice that like there is no one path to this is you know what I mean yes because I do think that it is so easy especially when you get here to LA like to get sucked into the idea that you have to do it this way you have to do this then Mm -hmm. you have to like you're going to do it this way and if you want if you want to be successful you got to book this you got to do it you got to get you know what I mean or like you got to get a house team if you want to be a comedian like all this like stuff that it is really easy to think that you're supposed to do because everyone else around you is doing it and the hardest thing I think here is to maintain your path and what feels good and right to you in the face of watching everybody else do it their way and be successful their way. Yes. Right? 100%. Yeah. Yes. And also having balance, like balance of your loves of like not getting too obsessed with one thing if that's not your bag, you know, like making sure that you're nurturing other parts of like who you, who you are and what you want to do in making an impact in this world. Yeah. And I think it's important too, because like at the end of the day, you know, like you may or may not make it as an actor, writer, comedian here, but if all you came to LA to do was to do that and just that and not make friends and not build community and not like find a place to live and like (laughs) hang your hat, you know, like, and be part of a city, like you're like, if that other stuff doesn't pan out, then you've got nothing. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, like, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Just don't do that to yourself. Yeah. And even if you're if you're not in L.A., because I, I would hope a lot of our you know, Listen, we got yeah, listeners that absolutely. are not here um just you know maybe doing comedy in their home states it's like again you know if it's not an option as a career to make money from because of where you are and like you don't you want to stay in that place and like yeah also it's important it's I don't know it's like it's it's just because, I don't know, just your, even if your goal isn't to be like a successful, famous person doing this, you know, like successful or like, you know, somebody's making their money from doing this and is known, you know, even if that's not your goal, like there's still so much to learn. Yeah. Um, doing it. It's still important. You're still vital. You're still part of the community by entertaining people. Anyways. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, speaking of community, we're part of a great community of podcasters, part of the Period Podcast Network. So if you like what we're doing, follow what we're doing at the network on support underrepresented people and podcasting. Kate, I wanted to say it has uh, been such a pleasure to have you on as a co-host. I'm not going to cry. You, you've been such a, a delight and it has been wonderful hearing your sh- your story and seeing the engaging questions, like hearing your engaging questions and stuff that we have for our guests. It is, it has just been a pleasure and I'm so happy that you are you're my my friend and that you have been you know a a great a wonderful co-host and producer and thank you thank you thank you so much for everything that you do and have done nikki thank you so much for the opportunity to do this with you honestly like it changed uh my life it really did (laughs) like just responding to your facebook post looking for help it just i couldn't have known that it would have completely changed my life that i would have gotten a lifelong friend out of it i know i'm like crying i am crying like it's i like you know because we knew each other and we were friendly but i had no idea to the extent that i would just like get through doing this with you get to just like know you and fall in love with you as a human being and as a comedian and as just a wonderful awesome and fucking just like with it and aware and intentional and like you know I mean it's easy for us to see all of our faults and the things that we (laughs) want to do better but like what I see Nikki is like a really intentional and lovely and just like I, I, I cannot, literally somebody called me for a, a, a job, like the, somebody called me to get a job interview. Like what, what is it when they want a recommendation? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody called me as your recommendation and I like would not shut up. I was like, I cannot say enough nice things about Nikki Urban. <laughs> Thank like, you. I got that. I think I got that job. I so. did, yeah. <laughs> but it was, she was like, okay, yeah, all I needed to, cause I like would not shut up. She was like, all I needed to know is that you would work with her again. I was like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, anytime, any place. They're like, flag this one. They're like, okay, Nikki's got some really enthusiastic recommendations. <laughs> um, but I, so I, I, I mean it. I, this has been a delight, and I'll still, you know, I'm still gonna be here producing. Yep. We're still gonna see yep. each other. It's not like I'm going anywhere. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, uh, she's, and you're still gonna pop in with the with the occasional question, yes. the occasional like, I'm the producer and I'm here moment. <laughs> uh, thank you again. Um, and thank you to our listeners. Hey, everybody. Keep, Keep crushing it. <laughs> Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mazel, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hundert, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter. And that's on Period Network. <laughs>